I'm me, you're you, happy Halloween, and this is Wiggly's Book Club episode 019. Wiggly's Book Club is a fortnightly read brought to you by GiantMediaBall.com. GiantMediaBall.com. Check the website for show details. Wiggly's Book Club is also brought to you by Grants and Two Guys, as well as Colorful Induction LED Flash Cup. Colorful Induction LED Flash Cup. Induction type light make the cup is more attractive. The light will be on as soon as the cup is filled with liquid, water, juice, and wine. And it will be off if not any liquid. Seven colors light shine with every hue. The light can change the flash rhythm by itself. The cup is washable. Colorful induction LED flash cup. 10 ounce. Get yours today. Whenever I'm buying a cup, I always look for one that's washable. Without any further ado, let us now go live down the Sloppy Joe's Bar located in peaceful Easton, Pennsylvania, West Ward. For his reading of the 19, I don't want to tell you Dover book classic, Martin Gardner, Fads and Fallacies in the Name of Science. Okay. I always say okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Today I'm going to start. I got my teeth in because uh, I got to take the photo. Um, let's take a little bit of uh, Pantry Pride Golden Peach. A little bit. Ah! Forgot I have the, this light up uh, drinking glass here. Okay. I'm going to put a little bit of. Uh, am I coming through? Yeah. 3029. Uh, here's some Reese Cream Dementa Syrup. <laughs> That's going to taste great with peach. I got I got to practice talking with these teeth. Oh, poo. Why don't you come uh, on my stern? All right, we'll put some uh, Skull Vodka in there. Crystal Head. I use my little one. Okay. And then uh, stir that up. Whoa. And, I don't know, <laughs> cough syrup, that's good. All right, oh, and I also have, oh my God, I almost spilled all this vodka. Um, wow, this doesn't even look plugged in. Okay, all right, where's, okay, I'm sorry, this is great television, okay. Great for radio. I also, uh, I'll tell you later. All right, I got to take the picture because Chiz isn't here and she's at a play. Her practicing for a play. Oh, that tastes like shit. <laughs> so I got to take my own photo. Uh, so I got to reach with this ukulele here. I put a, 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 it's a mandolin. It's like 150 years old and I got to reach over to my phone. Okay. And I almost got it. Okay. All right, my book. Okay, cheese, how you doing everybody? Can you see me? I think I'm in. Okay, here we go. And here it comes. Here. Oh, yeah. All right, fuck that. Okay, I'm sure that's... <laughs> I'm sure that's delightful. Okay, because last time, holy Christ, the last episode, wow, did I look... 
uh, scary. So I put a, another, I put a, um, a shot and a half, I think, of Jaeger in this uh, Halloween skull uh, uh, shot glass that you could see through. It. And then, uh, so here we go, uh, down, bottoms up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Liquid. Oh, my. Liquor in the rear, never fear. Uh, quicker in the beers. Okay, here goes this cream de menthe, uh, whatever, vodka. Oh, I got to drink it just so I, that light stops flashing. Let me turn off my phone. If you ever have your phone, let me open one of these beers. If you ever have your phone uh, and you're doing a podcast but you need your phone by you, just to put it on some tinfoil. Uh, I'm going to say that. I'm not sure if that works. Okay, I got a Stella here. I don't know how many of these I'll have. Oh, oh. Tastes like skunk after that. All right, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sit down or stand up. How much time have I wasted? 3.28. And last time, I was so hot, and I hope I'm not that hot. I turned on the, I got Don Fennin down here. I'm supposed to wire this shit up, and he has the levels turned down. I just got to move. I can never do this uh, peacefully. I got to do, I got to turn the light on. I can't see. Why do I always forget to turn the light on? Oh, God. Everything's around here because I'm trying to uh, do some shit in Arbor. So there's all these tools and everything else around. Okay, today's reading is Martin Gardner's uh, Fads and Fallacies in the Name of Science. Curious theories of modern pseudoscientists and the strange, amusing, and alarming cults that surround them. A study in human gullibility. We got uh, featured on here on the cover. You have uh, nine different names that they. Uh, I'm certain that sure that Martin Gardner is uh, counting down. L. Ron Hubbard. He heads the list, reading left to right and then downs. Psionics machines, uh, uh, flying saucers. Well, Wilhelm Reich, Doctor W. H. Bates. When he was uh, just a young kid, they called him Master Bates. Uh, Alfred. Course. Korzybski, 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 Atlantis, eclectic, <laughs> that's good, that's good, uh, I gotta drink this because it's flashing in my eyeballs, Atlantis, eccentric sexual theories, and Brighty Murphy, I'm gonna say, Brady Murphy. Now, uh, here's the interesting thing about this book, and um, uh, I, I recommend you get it. The preface is here with the second, two, two second edition. <laughs> preface to second edition. Oh, I thought he was dedicating it to second edition, but he's not, evidently. So this is a Dover book. Um, this witty and engaging book examines the various, this is back at a cover, it examines the various folk, fads, fallacies, Jesus Christ, this light. Okay, I got to drink this. Sorry, listener. Sorry, listener. Mm. <coughs> oh, now the light bulbs are going. Okay, because the ice cubes. Pour those in there. Okay, now I got no light going. Good. I just got the stink beer that's going to be stinky. I didn't even have time to put my pipes in my mouth. <sighs> okay, where was ice? Uh, new, new bifocals. That's good. Strange cults, uh, which work. The the long scene doesn't work though. Fast follows. Strange cults and curious uh, pan pancakes. 
panaxias, 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 I'm going to say, which uh, at one time or, an or another have masqueraded as science, not just a collection of anecdotes, but a fair reasoned appraisal of eccentric theory. I'm going to have a hard time with eccentric, because I'm thinking eclectic and eccentric is, uh, not, of course, not the same word. It is unique in recognizing the scientific, philosophic, and sociological, psychological implica implications of the wave of pseudoscientific theories, which periodically besets the world. To this second revised edition of a work formally titled In the Name of Science, Martin Gardner has added new, up-to-date material. I hope I'm coming through the microphone. Yes, good. Um... Add a new up-to-date material to an already impressive amount of hundreds of systematized vagaries. Here you will find discussions. Do you know I'm reading from a, inside of a bar? <laughs> Here you will find discussions uh, of hollow earth, hollow earth fanatics like Sims, Velikovsky and Wandering Planets, Horbinger, Bellamy, and the Theory of Multiple Moons, Charles Fort and the Fourteen Society, Dowsing and other strange methods of for finding water, ores, and oil. Also covered are such topics as naturopathy, 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 how about that, naturopathy, Irradiagnosis. Irradiagnosis. I didn't go to get my flu shot after work. I'll do it tomorrow. Zone therapy, food fads, Wilhelm Reich and orgone sex energy, L. Ron Hubbard and Dianetics, a Korzybski and general semantics, a new examination of Bridie Murphy, is included in this edition, along with new section on bibliographic reference material. Although we are amused, this is by the New Saturday Review, although we are amused, we may also be embarrassed to find our friends or even ourselves among the gullible, ad, gullible advocates of plausible-sounding double-talk Saturday Review by the New Yorker, a very able and even-tempered presentation. Second revised, uh, pardon me, edition, formally, I'm not going to tell you that, Dover uh, designed for years of use because they do good bindings and all that shit. Now, did you know most hard copies, uh, physical copies of books that you purchase off Amazon, if it's not a new, like, uh, top ten or if maybe if it's rare or something, or there, well, let me just say, HP has made huge strides with, um, with Amazon, and most of the the books are printed on demand. So you want a book, they got a printer that prints books. <laughs> so there you go. Finally, a printer that prints books, and it's by HP. HP's also involved in something very unique. You know, uh, they were behind the project of putting these names on um, these your glasses and stuff, that your cans. You know, Johnny and Billy and Cool Dude, and that on your Coke, so your share a coke with you know goober and it was actually it actually was a lot smarter than you think it used an algorithm to determine um your your uh, geographic location 
and communities and found the top names in those communities, and that's how those names were on your Coke cans by territory. So it wasn't just uh, random uh, putting things in there. It was actually uh, generated by your location, and each can printed separately. Now, uh, Coca-Cola is going to have artwork, and this is once again by HP Technology, and all the artwork will be digitally generated in such a fashion that every single can will have an individual piece of artwork on it. This is not fads and fallacies in the name of science, which I should get to. Uh, so each can will have an individual piece of artwork, and then you have a code on there. If you like the art, you could go and buy you know, a hat or uh, framed glossy, look at the shit I bought. I don't know what they're going to look like, but it's pretty amazing. HP is going to do this, and uh, and that's what's going to happen next. So be on the lookout for that. Mm -mm -mm. That's so lousy. Dover Books on the Occult. It has all this uh, stuff here. Continuing on backflap. Oh, somebody just got shot. Uh, but what I want you to know about is... Uh, is the fact that this was originally written in 1952 by Martin Gardner, and then the second edition is in 1957. So we're, we're in 1957. So that means the stuff that's on Dianetics and whatnot is occurring before Scientology even happened. It's occurring right when Dianetics was being released. But I'm not going to be reading on Dianetics today. I'm going to re be reading on Chapter 11, because it's fitting. 1152. Thank you, 1152. Geology, ge <laughs> geology versus Genesis. This is what William Cowper has to say. I think someone did get shot. William Cowper has to say, Some drill and bore the solid earth, and from the strata there extract a register by which we learn that he who make it and revealed its date to Moses was mistaken in its age. So I don't know if it's a poem or from a different language because... Uh, it didn't make any sense to me as far as when I just read it. I, I know what it means. It means uh, nobody told God when he told Moses how old the earth was that he was off by, uh, you know, a couple billion years. Or, yeah, 3.5. Is that, uh, boy, I don't know right now. During the Middle Ages and Renaissance, no one knew quite what to make of fossils. The most, the most popular explanation was that they were relics of plants and animals destroyed by the flood of Noah. But many distinguished scholars believed, this is in the Renaissance, distinguished scholars believed they had uh, grown in the bowels of the earth by some sort of natural or occult process. A few argued that Satan placed them there to mislead the faithful. Others suggested God himself created them either to befuddle scientists, test believers, or make crude experimental models of living forms. One of the last to defend the divine origins of fossils was Professor Johann Beringer of the University of Würzburg. In 1726, he published an expensive uh, monograph describing some curious fossils he had discovered, many of them bearing replicas of the sun and moon. So they found these fossils that had the sun and moon on them and various Hebraic words. So he, he thought that he saw in these fossils the sun, moon, and, and Hebrew. Uh, many of them bearing replicas of sun. Actually, they had all been carefully baked out of clay and planted in the earth by, by his students. But the per poor professor fell completely for the hoax. 
So one day he discovered a fossil with his own name on it. He spent the rest of his life buying up copies of his work, of the work, which of course made it much in demand as a collector's item. As a crowning irony, a descendant had the treaties reprinted at treatise. I've heard it. I can't think of it right now. The treatise. I'm going to say, reprint it after, and that's what it is, reprint it after the professor's death and reaped a handsome profit. It is really a sad tale, indeed, a scientific remembered today, a scientist remembered today only for his gullibility. Gradually, though, 1459, gradually, though, how am I doing on time? Gradually, though, the 18th and 19th centuries naturalists became impressed by the fact that fossils in the lower and older beds of rocks were relatively simple and as one moved up through later strata fossils became more complex. Was it possible that life began in some simple form millions of years ago then slowly evolved through long simple uh, through long ge geological ages into earth's present fauna and flora? Finally in 1859 Darwin published The Origin of Species it was not the first book on evolution, but it was a book which marshaled such an imposing array of facts that it was no longer possible to dismiss the theory as fanciful and imp imp impious speculation. The blow which uh, this book left fall on the back of Christendom is hard to overestimate. Certainly, it was a major factor in the widening Protestant split between fundamentalists and so-called modernists. Modernists, of course, accepted the new theory. It was, they said, simply God's method of creation, uh, the evolution. God made the man, but he used the monkey to do it. Man, my arms are getting sore from holding it above the, the microphone, above the, below, above the firmament, below the firmament. By the way, I had a bookmark in here to this chapter with the deputized state of America, the double-aught note, this came out during the Bush. Um, this came out when uh, Hillary Clinton signed it. This came out with. Uh, two thousand year two thousand. Yeah, year year two thousand. So it was Bush v. Gore. And uh, they released uh, three, three bills, three phony, wacky bills. One of Bush, one of Gore, and Gore's on the $3 bill. And they all have funny sayings all around him. And then when George won, he's on the $2,000 bill. And he's all smiles here. He's in a cowboy hat. He, I think uh, there's a rifle, uh, yeah, rifle coming up, uh, rifle uh, shooters. <laughs> IMD14UR. I'm... The one for you all. I'm the one for y'all, and it has a, it's a two zeros uh, instead of money amounts. Austin, Texas, and it says the double ought. And then on the back you have the double barrel states of America. I get it. In W we trust. Dub Y U in W we trust and uh, trust double ought and a lot of other shit that I can't read because my eyes are going. Because of the drinks. Let me see about this, Stella. It smells like dog food after I drank that. 
um, other concoction, but um, I think the more I taste it, the better it gets. But smell is, you know, very important in taste. I have no idea where I was. I, I was drunk. Here comes more cops. Cops. Hello, cops. Get me the police. Hello, police. Get me chips. Chips. Get me uh, Ponch and John and a Sarge. Get me SWAT. Run the S pattern. So, God did it. Orangin species certainly was a major factor. Uh, literally, if we interpret the days as... Okay, so, if we do not take the... Gen uh, rubbing on things. Let me see. I don't know how he sound. I don't wear headphones when I'm in a bar. Uh, let's see. So-called modernists. The modernists, of course, accepted the theory... It was, uh, they said, that simply God's method of creation. If we do not take the Genesis story too literally, if we interpret it the days as geologic, geological epochs, epochs, we can even read it as a rough description of evolutionary history. The fundamentalists rejected evolution in toto. Most of them clung to... I saw One day I was in uh, Burger King, you see, because I used to eat Burger King. I liked the Whoppers. I had two Whoppers, two large fries, and a large diet cola, and maybe some type of pie or dessert thing. One time I ate, I, I was uh, at McDonald's. I would only eat cheeseburgers. And uh, I ordered seven cheeseburgers and two large fries. And my buddy Andy said, there's no way, in a large diet Coke, and he said, there's no way you're going to eat seven cheeseburgers. I said, sure I am. And he said, if you eat seven cheeseburgers, I'll buy you an, an extra cheeseburger. <laughs> Just why I needed an eighth cheeseburger to shove in there. Whoo! I did it. But I wish I hadn't. But I, I was sitting in Burger King by myself, eating my two Whoppers and two large fries and a large Diet Cola. And when you know, here comes a giant uh, semi-truck. And right on the side, it was Toto. Toto was playing at the Lehigh Valley, and uh, their, their, their equipment truck, semi, was uh, going down the road right there, Stefco Boulevard. Who knew? Okay. That had to be well over 20 years ago. Uh, probably over 25 years ago. I think I rode my bike there. It's hard to, it's hard to re recall. Uh, uh. Just read it yourself and let me know how it turns out. I'll wait for the movie. 2107. If we do not take the genesis, the fundamentalists rejected evolution in Toto. A Toto, hey, I used to... <laughs> uh, most of them clung to the flood theory as of fossils, which... Fossils. Of fossils, which had been uh, eloquently championed by Luther. That's Martin Luther. Not Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Jr. No, it's not Martin Luther. Others, including British Prime Minister Gladstone, defended the view of French naturalist Baron Cuvier. I'm going to think that's how it's said. Did you ever watch uh, Taken? Is that what it's called? The Taken? The Taken? Wait. The, the Returned. The Returned. It's French. And I guess they made an American version. I'm watching a French version. You know, I'm not sure I was going to turn out happy or sad for me, but, um, you know, already hey, there's a lot of God stuff. And that's fine. It's fine to think people are angels, but it's called The Returned. And uh, I like it. 
like it. So I like it, like it, like it. Bar uh, British Prime Minister Gladstone defended the view as uh, of a French naturalist, Baron Cuvier, that there had been a series of creations, a series of creations, you see, at various intervals in geological time, each following a cataclysm which buried earlier forms of life. Still another theory which survives today, 1927, 19, uh, what I read, oh my goodness, 1957, pardon my thing. Oh, boy, it's hard to know where I left off. This is a small text. Uh, which survived today in the notes of popular Schoenfield Reference Bible. The Schoenfield Reference Bible was that fossils are rem remains of an earlier pre-Adamite creation which flourished between the first and second sentences of the opening verses of Genesis. i got to take off my shoes. My feet are too hot. And this is, uh, by the way, this is what the Jehovah's Witnesses would put in their science books. You see, they didn't, not only, the Watchtower, it's right out of this Watchtower Society, and of course they printed books, and they, that's what they give you is the Watchtower little pamphlet uh, thingy now, the, the toilet paper uh, booklet, but they also had books. If you became a Jehovah's Witness, you get books, and books, and you get science books. And their theory was that um, the words used in the first sentences of Genesis, uh, something along the lines of initially it was a perfect creation, and then all of a sudden another line was that it wasn't a perfect creation, uh, or it had became in disarray or some such, and that is when Satan was in charge of the earth as the fallen angel Lucifer, which is once again a geologic geom. Uh, one of those things in the sky. Uh, it's one of those <laughs> um, astronomical event. The, uh, the Lucifer is a is a Greek word implanted uh, from the um, the um, not the Septuagint, which is the first verses, first few verses of the Bible written by Moses. The Greek version of the Bible. Uh, so it's just a, a superimposed in there, which is just a message of an astrological event, and people just ran with the word Lucifer as a name for Satan. However, what I'm saying here is that um, I don't remember. I'm too drunk. Oh, uh, so they said that, uh, you know, that Satan was in charge, and that's why he created dinosaurs, because dinosaurs are like Satan-y, I guess. <laughs> And then uh, God had to, I guess, get rid of that and then make man. So that's probably where they got this from, that, uh, that Schoenfield um, reference Bible. Thousands of books were published in the 19th century, most of them in England, attempting to harmonize geology and Genesis. In the dreary and uh, pathetic literature, <laughs> one book stands out from all the others as so delightful and fantastic that it deserves special mention. It was called Amphalos, Amphalos, Greek word for navel, and was written by zoologist Philip Gosse, Goosey, I don't know, Goose, 2602, thank you, thank you, 2602, Philip Goose, I'm going to say. 
father of the eminent British poet, father of the eminent, father of the eminent British poet and critic Edmund Gossi, Goosey, Goosey Goss. Not the least of its remarkable virtues is that although it won a single, although it won not a single convert, it presented a theory so logically perfect and so in accord with geological facts that no amount of scientific evidence will ever be able to refute it. Ghosts, <laughs> I say gosh, I say goose, I say whatever, I'm going to say, I just keep saying I'm going to say, even though I already said it. Goose admitted geolo uh, admitted geologically, ge uh, Goose's, Goose admitted geology had established beyond any doubt that the earth had a long geological history in which plants and animals flourished before the time of Adam. He was also convinced that the earth was created about 4,000 BC in six days, exactly as described in Genesis. How did he reconcile the apparently contradictory opinions? Very simply, just as Adam was created with a navel, the relic of birth, which never occurred, so the entire earth was created with the fossil relics, of a past which no existence except in the mind of God. So I read that kind of weirdly, but if I think about it, his, his argument was, uh, and once again, I say we're creating God's image, so God had nipples and everything else. I never thought about the belly button. Adam was created with a belly button. How do we know this from the pictures, maybe? I don't know. But uh, this guy's assuming that Adam was created with a belly button, although he wasn't birthed. He was either made out of dirt or just formed or uh, like that there, then there. But he was made with a belly button and also with nipples, but that's not mentioned here. Although he doesn't, you know, suckle the children as the memories of the mommies do. Uh, I wanted to be a breast milk sampler as as a job. I wanted that to be my job. Make sure that the breast milk was was a fit for the child sucking on titties all day. I'm a little drunk. How are we doing on time? Twenty forty two. Oh shit. Anyway, uh, so that's what that was his reasoning that because uh, Adam was birthed with a belly button, although he had no. Uh, mommy, or no need for a belly button, so was the earth made with all these relics of a uh, naturally formed earth with a past, um, because that's how God wanted it to be. This is not as ridiculous as it may seem at first. Consider, for example, the difficulties which face any believer in a six-day creation. Although it is possible to imagine Adam without a navel, it is difficult to imagine him without bones, hair, teeth, and fingernails. Yet all these features bear in them the evidence of past creations of growth. In fact, there is not one organ or tissue of the body that does not presuppose a previous growth history. The same is true for every plant animal, as Goose points out. The tusks, it sounds like I'm talking about somebody from Porky's. As Goose points out, the tusks of an elephant exhibit past stages. The nautilus keeps adding chambers to its shells. The turtle adds uh, laminae to its plates. Trees bear the annual rings of growth produced by seasonal variations. Every argument, he writes, by which the 
physiologists can prove that yonder cow was once a fetus will apply with exactly the same power to, sh to show the, that the newly created cow was an embryo some years before creation. All this is developed by the author in learned detail, learned detail for several hundred pages, and illustrated with dozens of wood engravings. In short, if God created the earth as described in the Bible, he must have created it a going concern. Once this is, is seen as inevitable, there is little difficulty in extending the concept of Earth's geological history. Evidence of the slow erosion of land by rivers, of the twisting and tilting of strata, mountains of limestones formed by rem remains of marine life, lava which flowed from long extinct volcanoes, glacier scratchings upon rock, footprints of prehistoric animals, teeth marks on buried bones, and millions of fossils sprinkled through the earth, all these and many other features testify to past geological events which never actually took place. 3125, hey, that's it. Um, there's a lot more good stuff in here, even about the Sistine Chapel for some reason. Mark Gardner, Fads and Fallacies in the Name of Science. Hey, uh, please uh, pick this up. Isn't that amazing that we're talking about 1950 fucking seven and maybe, perhaps even, this bit of the book, which I believe would have been written in 1952, um, it's amazing that this type of uh, critical, uh, high-quality critical analysis, and it's, it's not shitting on anything. Martin Gardner is not shitting on it, although I didn't get to the end of the chapter. He's explaining exactly what people believe, and that's what I've always tried to do as well. Is not a, pardon me, not necessarily, you know, cut down people and say you're dumb shit, but just talk about what it is actually that people are believing when they believe such things. I might also show a logical approach to um, things like uh, my ghost story books and things like that. Hey, anyway, this is Wiggly's Book Club. I'm done with the book, so uh, back to me in the studio. Hope you've enjoyed tonight's reading of Martin Gardner, Fads and Fallacies in the Name of Science. To own your own copy, well, I hope you do try to fucking own your own copy. Six ninety-five, it rocked me. Ain't bad. This quality-bound book, Dover edition, friends. Ben Dover. The management would also like to apologize tonight's super secret surprise celebrity guest, Jenna Elfman, cannot make it because of that concoction I drank. I don't really talk anymore. Cream to menthol and whatever to have. Peach and uh, vodka. Can't keep in character. For Wiggly and all the characters of Wiggly's Book Club, I'm Wiggly. And remember, kids, someone comes up to you and says, Hey, hey, you, over there, walking. How'd you get so smart? You just punch them right in the cock and you say, Rip! Reading is fundamental.